24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Devil the Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils Germany show this week as ever we are Paul White. Sorry, alright Paul? Hey Rob, you okay mate? How's your week been mate? Yeah alright, not too bad mate, not too bad. I'm missing the missing the season a bit now, it's been a couple of weeks hasn't it, but I got down to Swinton on uh, on Sunday so I got a bit of a rugby league fix there and I enjoyed the grand final on, uh, on Saturday night as well mate. Yeah it's been a hectic few weeks for me Paul, been uh, busy, 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 that's why we've not managed to Pull together a cast until now. No, you're the man in demand, you, Rob, aren't you? Something like that, something like that. We've got a pack of us, right, though, Paul? There's, there's loads of us. We've got Joe with me, right, Joe? All right, Rob, you're okay, Paul. What kind of week have you had? Uh, long man flu, missing the rugby week. Yeah, it's for that. It's full of man flu here, boys. It's, uh, it's not good for me if I go down with flu. Struggling <laughs> <laughs> Also, joining us, we've got Paul, uh, Paul Parkin, right, Parkin? Evening, Rob. Evening, gents. Talking about Joe and being ill, you spent a, a week with him, a weekend with him in London in the Challenge Cup final. That made you a bit ill, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, eye-opening. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. We I've got told all about the uh, the bedroom antics of Joe. <laughs> I won't go that far. <laughs> I didn't. I've got no knowledge of that. <laughs> yeah. So we've got lots to go through on the show this week. We've got a pre a review the game against Toulouse. We've got the the victory against Toulouse, which secured our Super League status. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. It's going to be uh, nigh levels to Jones, and Jones has three or four Toulouse defenders around him, coming forward for Salford, eight metres out. It's uh, Lusick at the play ball to Hastings. He's got options. Dummies finds half a gap. Good try by Jackson Hastings. Magical feat by Salford's Maverick man. And Salford and Devils hit the front here at the AJ Bell Stadium. It's Salford and Devils for Toulouse. Nil with a kick to come. It's Jake Bibby looking for a line of that. But unfortunately, Toulouse there to make the tackle. It's Daryl Alford stepping, weaving, reaching for the line. Oh, he's all a yard out. Lusick's at the play the ball. Dummies and he's got space he's got room and Joey Lusick goes over the line the, the referee Ben Failer will look at the big screen he's gone try so we'll have to see what the referee makes of that but Sulphur and Devils working that outside defenders from the Toulouse and uh, Joey Lusick has found the line for Sulphur and Devils to extend their lead here at the AJ Bell Stadium it's Lusick Lusick, long ball to Louis. He's got runners on the outside. George Griffin looking for the line, but 
Salford still asking questions. Fifth tackle play. Lusick to Louis. He's got runners on the far side. It's going to be a try for Johnson in the corner. Greg Johnson scores for Salford Red Devils. Just what Salford needed to extend their lead further here at the AJ Bell Stadium. Lovely hands by Nile Levels and Rob Louis and Greg Johnson. Calm as you like. Crosses over in the corner to extend their lead here at the AJ Bell Stadium. It's Salford Red Devils. 20 to lose 10 with a kick to come Greg Johnson has picked the ball up for Salford Ryan Lannan now on to halfway for Salford it's uh, George Griffin and he fends off one to lose defender and gets over to the to lose 40 Lusick at the play the ball to Louis inside ball to Nia Levels and Nia Levels sends off three Defenders from Toulouse and goes under the post for the Salford Red Devils. Lovely work by Rob Lewis and Joey Lusick. And now Levels goes under the posts to hopefully secure Salford Red Devils Super League status for 2018. Great work by Lewis and Evels, the fullback, scores a try to push Salford further in front. Hastings again, he's got options, gives it to Louis, gives it to Chris Wellen, fends off one French defender and he's wrapped up 20 metres out, but Solford still have possession, still have time, fifth tackle play though and Hastings kicks for the corner, Bibby's under it, ball goes down, picked up by, great try in the corner, picked up by George Griffin, gives it to Daryl Olfert who crashes over in the corner for Solford and Devils, Solford turning on the style as a clock ticks down and that will surely secure Salford Red Devils Super League status for this season great work by everyone and Devil Olfert goes over in the corner for Salford for a great try wrapped up 20 metres out Lusick Mark Flanagan Flanagan to Burgess who come on on a rampage 5 metres out Joey Lusick Hastings Jones but he's held up can solve for a Devils finish with a flourish with five minutes to go Hastings again comes across the line looking for runners dummies to Louis Louis got options to Chris Wellham Chris Wellham dummies and Chris Wellham scores in the corner lovely work by Jackson Hastings and Rob Louis and Chris Wellham siving through in the corner to secure Salford Red Devils Super League status for 2018 as here at the AJ Bell Stadium, the fans jump up as one and look forward to a really exciting season of Super League in 2019. So, Salford Devils were victorious against Toulouse, 44 points to 10. Joe, good win for Salford, that? Yeah, good win. Grinded out the win in the end. It was difficult first half. Toulouse, as expected, turned up and played some expansive of the league and just our experience and our better players all around in the second half, got the women. Good overall game, couldn't pick out a, we were saying after the game, we couldn't pick out a bad player really, which is maybe a change in George Slater's and we can build on for next year now. Yeah, certainly Toulouse, Parker, you know, gave us a good game throughout, could have gone either way in certain periods of that game. Yeah, I, I think like Joe's just said, I think everybody knows the way they play, that, you know, they are an expansive team, they play, they've got a great brand and, you know, even though the scoreline looks a little bit one-sided, Certainly wasn't, and they did. They did cause us a few problems 
Um, and when they came back at us, you know, and it, it got really close. You could you could sense the, the atmosphere change a little bit because I think we all thought we were comfortable. Um, but uh, I think again, like Joe said, I think we just had you know, we had the edge in, in both you know personnel and and fitness. I think that the thing is with Toulouse, the way they play, they will tire themselves out because they do a lot of running, a lot of side to side stuff. Um, a lot of players get through a lot of work, and I, I just I just had a feeling the last twenty minutes would tell, and and, and so it proved. Yeah, Jackson Aitins returned, uh, Paul, to, to, to the team after his two-match suspension. You know, him and Louis back in, back in partnership in that uh, half-back pairing, you know, was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was. I think it gave us a timely boost, Rob, after the two defeats, didn't it? Losing to, to Leeds in a tight game, and then obviously the disappointment of the London uh, London Broncos away game, it did give us that boost. And like you, like Joe and Paul have said, I, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Toulouse. Though. They've got a good young coach in Silva Dulles, and it was, I think it was 16 points to 10, was it, with 20 minutes to go? And it seems a while ago now, this game was about two or three weeks ago, and I'm just racking my brains now. But yeah, they was right in that game to lose, I thought. And, and credit to them, they played some really expansive stuff. And um, I was impressed with them in, in the qualifiers. I thought they did really well. And I thought, you know, they was tricky, really, not to, to make that million-pound game. You know, London and, and Toronto just pipping them. So I'm sure they'll be uh, be one to watch in the Championship again next season. I'm sure they'll strengthen and be, be good again, because uh, they are back pair in there. Particularly Jonathan Ford, I thought he looked... Uh, a real handful, you know, real handful in the halves, and uh, you know, he, it's a shame he's not in Super League because he's he's definitely worth his place. But Jackson Hastings yet slotted right, right back in, and just going, and we're, I'm sure you'll talk about Jackson in it. But the ovation he got at the end of the game that was that was quite special. I thought that, and uh, I'm really glad he's staying. Yeah, talk about special moments, Joe. That Luke Burgess kick from the touchline. What what kick that was? Yeah, it bad. He didn't even celebrate, so I think he was confident that he'll get. Yeah, I think I think it's important obviously, Parky that you know we had a kind of a four time to lose, but kind of shows that at times this year and last year that when we do if we do get on a roll and our forwards, I must say, were, were, were tremendous that night as well. Um, we'll we, you know, we can do some damage. Yeah, I think, obviously, Paul, we, we're looking forward, aren't we, from this position. Um, you know, this experience that we went through with the, uh, the qualifiers, you know, sort of coasting through it, doing what we need to do at the right time, can only benefit Watson and the team. Yeah, so I think we picked a bit of confidence up from the qualifiers. I know we, we, we lost two games there, didn't we, when, they, when Jackson was suspended, but... No, really. I, I'm not going to say we were comfortable in it because we had to we had to beat beat to lose, didn't we? But we did the hard work, didn't we? we had some excellent wins, you know, going away from home, beating all Kingston Rovers, and uh, you know the other games we looked pretty comfortable, and we had a good win at Halifax as well, where we put 60 points on them. So it was a, it was a successful campaign. Let's not forget we finished top of the, of the qualifiers ahead of, of Leeds and uh, and all Kingston Rovers as well. So a good positive end to the season. And, very positive that we've, that we've re-signed Jackson Hastings. He's, he's given everybody a huge lift on and off the pitch, hasn't he? You've only got to go on, on Twitter. and and I mean, I don't really do Twitter, but I've seen bits and bobs of him on there. Very positive guy. and I think the club have got to market him really well now and use him as, as like the, the golden boy of the club. And, uh, and yeah, I think we've got to use this now in a close season to sell season tickets and really build on the momentum. I know we've not won anything, but we've had a good end to the season and I think you're only as good as your last match, aren't you? And people are going to remember that we got a result against Toulouse and uh, into next season. Yeah, I think it's about building momentum to win it and, you know, finishing top of the league, you know, hopefully a good off-season, invest well and then we can go from there. 
Yeah, that's what it's all about. Is like Paul said, the last time we played, we won. So you only can get better than that. So that's your starting point for next year when you're not gaming. Going into the off season, like the amazing hate we got was something that every golfer fan will remember for the years to come. In. And you're thinking that he'll look back on him when he retires in later life and how well he was looked after at the club, and that's that's good for us. And we can have a good off season match at now and hope to get a season ticket chosen and create a better atmosphere next year for the boys. Yeah, obviously Jackson Aitens, you know, got a lot of uh, accolades, didn't he, Parky, after the game? But for me, I think it was it should have been a celebration about the team. But I, I suppose people were just trying to kind of swing his opinion when it swing his you know options hopefully to stay which he did yeah there's, there's an element of that I think the, the big thing was that when he did you know when we did sign the, the boost he gave the team you know we, we could have easily finished in that million pound game without a player like him and, and maybe even worse I mean you know you see what happened to witness um, he was that that catalyst that we needed him and, and Joey Lussick and you know fair play to them both for you know, for, for their efforts at that time, when realistically they could have come over here and coasted for a few weeks, especially Jackson, who, you know, I don't think there's, there's many teams in the world that wouldn't fancy him. Um, but like with Joe saying there about marketing in the, in the off-season, I, I agree, without a doubt. But the one thing that he will do, he says to other rugby league players, Salford's a decent place to go and play. You know, and, and players will want to play with a player of that calibre. There's not many of them about, and certainly not in Super League. And if you're a player who's you know, 50-50 about where to go and, and Salford are offering you a deal. You look at Jackson Hastings and Rob Louie as well at, at halfback and think, I could play outside them. And that, that's what it's all about, isn't it, I suppose. Paul, it's about building a, a team, both your forwards and your backs. Yeah, it certainly is. And it's just, I've just been thinking about it recently, about the spine of our team now. And you, you look at the side there where, you, where you're 1, 7, 9 and 13 and and I think in the modern day, you're six as well, and you've got two decent halfbacks. And I mean, arguably, possibly we could have the best, the best halfback combination in the league. I mean, that's up for debate. I mean, I don't watch other sides every week, but I think Hastings and, and Louis are a match for any side, really, aren't they? Young nine levels at, at fullback. We've got a good hooker there in Joey Lusick as well, who's not, not the most experienced player, but he's looking a really solid player. And you've got Logan Tompkins to come back next season. Josh Wood, who's going to play in that position. You've got a bit of a bit of momentum there now Mark Flanagan at loose forward as well that's looking you know the, the spine of a, of a good side add to that the you know, the Ed Chamberlains of this world as well who, who've got plenty of pace if we can just add a few outside backs and maybe a big second row forward a couple of props and I, I think we, we, we've got the makings of a really good side there and a side that can challenge when you look at you know like Wakefield who finished fourth or fifth at this season we've got to be looking at that next season you know finishing in that top sort of six or seven of the league and don't see why we can't with it with the players that we've got. Yeah, big thanks to everyone who did the three-word match reports and of the matches. Parky, you said never in doubt. Uh, yeah. And the match with Josh Jones. You know, he had a good game, yeah. Jones, didn't he? He, he, do, he? A lot of the time he goes under the radar. A lot of work that he does um, is kind of, I think it's missed by a lot of fans. He's not a glamorous player in that way. Um, but you notice him more. He's a bit like, like a fan of Gerard McCarthy, that kind of player, where if they don't play, that's when you really notice. But the runs he makes and the metres... He, he, you know, he dominates other teams and he gets to the quick play of the ball because they can't, they just can't pin him down. And uh, I mean, I'm going back to thinking back to the million pound game against Old KR. Uh, and towards the end of that game, he was, you know, I know Josh Griffin got big rats for it, but he was the man that got this this going. He, the Old KR players couldn't put him down. He got the quick play of the ball and off we go. And, and he's carried that on. And when he's missed games, we really, really have missed him. Uh, and he's versatile as well. But I just thought against. Uh, against Toulouse that he, he just seemed to be everywhere and it was easy to pick you know the halfbacks or 
the flair players, but someone who does does that hard work and sets a platform for the likes of Hastings and Louis just to, to go and do their thing. And I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I think I agree with you there, Parker. That you know, our team there's more players in that team like Josh Jones that are eight out of ten players every week, Joe. And you know, like 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 Parker said, Josh Jones, Tyrone McCarthy, Mark Flanagan. You know, these are the players that are consistently consistent every week, and that's what you want as a club. We want to be consistent, and that's what they provide. Yes, hundred percent. I think when it sounds to me when Flanagan goes off, how much we miss him for twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, twenty five minutes on the pitch. We kind of change our, our style of play. We don't have a ball playing move forward or a hard hit man in the middle. And when he was out for four or five weeks, we really missed him. And that's when we went a bit under the cost where we were a bit weak on the outside and defensive in the middle. And Flanagan's the one who's here for me. He's catching the lead from the front and he just makes his better team all around him. Like I say, hopefully the lead is going about, hopefully he can keep holding him. And he's a pivotal part of the spine next year for me. Yeah, which will be captain again in the one last year. Uh, push on to yeah, definitely. Hopefully, more to come from Flanagan and the rest of the boys, I reckon. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton agree with you, Parker, that Josh Jones was, was their man of the match and said, Bring on February. Colin Wilson wears our bars uh, and his man of the match was Lee Moss. A bit good, Paul, that we didn't get a bars. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, Rob, really. It was. Uh... It's a funny one that I don't. Does it, do, do they normally get a bass for that yeah, finishing you do, no, top no, of that? I think Leeds, Leeds and Lee came up with some contrived one, didn't they? Um, right. To do with the, the cup final that they played together in the seventies. I don't quite know how they came up with that. Just so Leeds could win something a few years ago. Um, uh, what what got me was the million pound one. <laughs> the, the, the London got a trophy. We didn't. No, it won't end. Which, you know, I, 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 where's this come from? Do we get a check? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> the, um, the London trophy was a bit of, bit of metal. And if you look at the trophy, it, it wasn't a ball that was glued on. If you put it on top and you can see CW's front or wolf pack, so it's just a match ball that's been put on top. To be honest, celebrating is it 60 years of Blue Peter where people are making Tracy Island, so if you can make Tracy Island, <laughs> that's true, you know. It's a bit of pappy and mash, yeah, you'd be right. Yeah, yeah, but like you say, happy that we won, you know, Parkhead, you know, performance was scratchy, but we got over the line and that's all that matters. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we were still we still weren't safe, were we, at that point? I mean... We were ninety percent there with the points difference from that that game at Halifax, but uh, and and our defence throughout the playoffs, which was, I think, was we averaged like ten points against did we each each game or something yeah. strange like that. I mean that that's phenomenal. I don't care who you play, um, and there's some good teams in there. So yeah, you know, there was work to be done. It was very professional. We, we like say we had to grind it out, we had to bide our time against a, a decent side, and and we got the job done. And and, and in the end, it looks convincing and. Uh, you know, it sets us up nicely now. It's just a shame there wasn't a game the week after, um, but it sets us up nicely now to go into the, the pre-season. Yeah, Paul, you spoke to uh, Ian Watson after the game. Again, to, to lose, and this is what you have to say. Coach's Corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me for the final time this season. Before we, we have a chat... I just want to thank you this, for, for all the interviews you've given me this season and all the time you've taken out Ian so it means a lot to us on the podcast and thank you very much mate no problems mate I think it's important we obviously have that communication with the supporters as well like I say I think 
one thing that the supporters have been really good at is kind of really patient throughout the year. With um, I think it was three quarters through where we spoke about where we were as a club and what we had as resources and things like that. And I think the one good thing is the supporters have been really kind of patient and, and, and proper supporters of the team this year. Really, we faced a lot of adversity on and off the field. That's not just players and coaches; that's supporters as well. Um, like I say, I can't thank them thank them enough this year really for being patient behind the team a little bit and obviously we've got our rewards at the back end How would you assess that game tonight? It was funny really I mean it's 16 points to 10 with 20 minutes to go I think to lose to the 40-20 yeah. the game was well in the balance there and you've just taken it away from him they can play some good rugby though can't they? Yeah no they're a good team we knew they would come at us to be fair to lose the boys knew that and they knew that they had to be patient tonight and be composed and kind of grind them down if anything put them in that uncomfortable spell like what we did with today, Benny lad about um, what we did with Toronto but like I say the boys stuck to their task and they came through the other side with it and got the result that we deserved that's the most pleasing thing tonight I mean we said it in the week didn't we about this game being sort of a potential million pound game a week yeah. early you didn't want to go into that game no. you just wanted to get it done tonight didn't yeah. you we, we, we didn't want to go in that game for for numerous reasons not only for us as well it's the supporters it's the stress that it puts you on there's just a different kind of pressure comes on you that week last time we was in it we did outstandingly as a kind of team to kind of come through it um, but it does it puts pressure on everybody really from, from people working in the backroom office to the supporters to the players to the kit man to, to, to everybody mate and it's something that we didn't want to have happen to us again and thinking forward as well thinking forward as well it gives you that extra week I suppose yep. to prepare. I know it doesn't sound much but you're not in that million pound game you've got a week now to prepare you know where you are for next season or renewing contracts and things yep. like that is there anything in the pipeline? Oh, we, we spoke to a few people um, Ian Blees is here he might be able to answer if you are so um, we'll, watch it. we'll see what um, he comes up with we spoke about a few players who we want to try and get in I know they were a little bit nervous because they wanted to see our situation first about coming in, but I'm hoping that obviously the result tonight really kind of kickstarts um, people coming in. Um, again, the ownership of the club is a big one with the kind of the finances as well. I know the supporters have done the squad builder, and, it, and we need that. We need that as a, a club going forward at this moment in time to get the Jacksons across the line, to get the Joeys across the line, and a few other new kind of guys coming in. When do you think the Jackson Hastings will be announced? Is, he, is it something he's got to announce himself, or could that be in the coming weeks? Oh, hopefully within the next week, we'll, we'll know something. Um, look, I, I know he's loved it here. It, is that when the retained list will be put out? Then? Because obviously, yeah, players we'll, will find out sort of now. When yeah, well, we'll, we'll start to talk to players, and um, we'll know where what players have done and what they, they, what decisions they've made as well. Because that's important that they're happy with what they do as well. Um, so hopefully, cheers, man. Hopefully, we'll know. Um, within the next week of kind of where Jackson's going at but to be fair I'd be, I'd be hard pushed to go anywhere else if it was Jackson with the amount of love that the supporters have kind of given him at the moment and what they did for him at the end of the game he lost there. his kit there at the end of the yeah, game he's, he's going off in his boxer shorts come back in in his underpants but he's that new age kind of footballer that gets very good communication with um, with the supporters with the players and with the people off the off in like the back room and yeah. things like that and you sad to see a, a new goal kicker go tonight, Luke Burgess. <laughs> he kicked one off the touchline and then he, he hit the post from an easier one. Yeah, he's cost me 40 quid, Luke, on that goal kick. <laughs> you, what's happening with Luke? Is he retiring? Yeah, Luke's, now, Luke's he... retiring. That's right. why we let him kick, take the last right. two goal kicks. Um, to be I wasn't fair. too sure he was going back to Australia to play, but he's retiring. No, he, he, Luke's retiring. Luke's um, come to the Canada. The end of his kind of career, and he's, he has a stellar career, really. How we, good has he been, like off the field in the change room with the lads? Yeah, he's, he's that sort of character, isn't he? Too? Yeah, experience. He's, look, he's not played much this year for us um, for certain reasons. A little bit was farming. We were on in the year, a couple of injuries as well later on with his knee clean out. Um, 
but you can't underestimate what he's been like off the field because we've had we, we've had it really tough to be fair off the field um, as a playing group and Luke Burgess, Matt Flanagan, um, Lee Mossett, they've all stuck by what we've spoke about all the time and understood the situation we was in. They've not looked to kind of flee, if you like. They've, they've had an attitude to work hard and come in and improve and learn every single week and that's been really pleasing and that's rubbed off on all the other guys as well. Um, and like I say, they've secured the Super League status um, now on the back of that, but Luke's played a massive part this year for us. Sometimes I think it's amazing how many five days in rugby league, you know, London, yeah. away on Sunday, five days later, the mood's totally different. Yep. Um, you must be delighted just to... Because I think we've spoke a few times this season about the adversity. You mentioned it before. Yeah. And is it an achievement in itself that we've stayed in Super League? Yeah, I think this has been the toughest year, mate. Uh, to be far as as far as coaching, and we've been in the million pound game. Um, and when I took over, we, we was on a big loss run then, and then we kind of turned that round and come through the qualifiers. And then last year we got to the semi final and fourth, and then we kind of got. I felt we had our legs blown off. To be fair, at the beginning this year, we're losing Benny Murdoch. That one really hurt me bad, and then kind of kicking the teeth then was Gaz O'Brien going um, and then we wasn't but we had to do it we had to do it as a club and we had to get money in uh, as a club um, so we needed to kind of make them tough decisions and they were tough decisions and the little kind of salary cap that we've played with it is it's a you'd probably say it's a surprise that we're in Super League if you look at every other club every other club plays at a lot higher salary cap than what we do um, they have bigger squads than what we do the, the thing with what we've had is we've had quality people involved in here and probably that comes from building that a few years ago with kind of the characters that we did have. So I'm really proud of kind of what, what's happened here this year really and it's, it's shown we were right to invest in the right kind of people. People like I say, like Luke Burgess who's not played loads but it's been a great off the field for us. At the coach you are, you live every minute, don't you? Every kick, every tackle. What does Ian Watson do now? Does Ian Watson, are you looking forward to having a rest now? Because... It oh. must take a lot mentally out of you. Yes, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I, I, I like watching when I'm away from rugby as much as I can because I'm always kind of on it, but I like to spend just time with my family and that, so obviously try and give them a bit more attention now in this off-season is probably the biggest key. We've gone through a few tough things as well this year, so yeah, it'd be nice to kind of do that as well, but have a, have a look going forward for what's to hold in 2019 for Salford will be the biggest thing. Thanks very much, Ian. All the best, and I shall see you probably in February now, so have a nice Christmas, and I know that won't be far off, but thanks for everything this season, mate. Cheers, Paul. Thanks, Tom. So, Ian Watson, Paul, happy with that result? Yeah, he certainly was. I think he was... Um... Just pleased to, to get through that that situation really of, of the eights. I mean, at the start of the the qualifiers, I think a lot of people had us down for struggling, didn't they? And perhaps finishing in that um, that million pound game position. I mean, I know I saw a lot of stuff on social media and what pundits had wrote and stuff in the League Express, and everyone was sort of saying, yeah, it's going to be Toronto, OKR, and Leeds, and they didn't really give us a prayer, did they? You know, obviously Jackson Aces hadn't really played the game because he'd only played the twenty minutes against Leeds, and nobody really knew what it was about. But you could see. In that that Leeds game, that something something special was about to happen there. I think with Joey and, and Jackson and and the lads who come in from Witness, Greg Burke and Ned Chamberlain, they gave us a boost at the right time, didn't they? Those, those four guys coming in, and, uh, you know, we had nine levels coming back from injury as well. I think we we just sort of hit form at the right time for me, and uh, I think Ian was glad the season was over, but it doesn't stop there for Ian Blees and Ian Watson and, and, the, and the rest of the side. Recruitment now will be a big thing, and uh, it's a short close season, Rob. You know, the players will be back in training. And, is it November or something? So we all uh, we all go again then. So I'm sure they'll be, they'll be busy now. But yeah, Ian was delighted with the result. Yeah, obviously 
Talking about Toulouse game, good win for Salford. And after that, now, Paul, what we'll do, we'll talk about all the news coming out of the, the club in the last couple of weeks. So, the big news, the one we've all been waiting for, Parker, Jackson Hastings signs a contract for Salford Red Devils for 2019. Relief, that's the big word. What do you think? Uh, there are a lot of words I could use. Um, some of them not uh, not really good for, for the airways, I don't think. <laughs> uh, when, when I heard the news, I was uh, I was actually at work at the time, and uh, I don't think there's anybody at work who didn't know that something had something big had happened. Uh, I think I think I exploded in many ways. He is, uh, you know, he, he has given us the, the the biggest shot in the arm going into next season. If if he decided, you know, it's time to move on, or you know, he needs a, a different challenge or whatever, we. I think I think the, the the whole atmosphere around the club would have just been completely different. What what a massive boost! And what a statement, you know, not just from the club. It must have worked so hard to tie him down because I, I doubt there's many clubs out there who didn't want him at the time. Um, but but just just to say that you know I, I love being here at Salford and you know the way he was treated and and he's given us something back. And I, I mean the news was. I, I was getting a little bit worried that it wasn't going to happen when we, you know, when Joey had already signed and nothing else had been announced. And, and then the, the way he did it, I mean, it, it couldn't have come any better, could it? Yeah, it was a mag- magical video. A bit like yourself, uh, Parky, I was on the tram uh, going home and uh, I was on the platform at Cornbrook. And uh, obviously the video came and I watched the video and I sort of fist pumped, looked up and this guy stood sort of five yards from the left hand side, kind of punched in the air as well. I turned around to him, he looked to me and I said, Hastings, and he said, yeah. And we ran up and had a quick cool and high five and I got on the tram and left. Well, there's moments like that, you know, that, that sort of, you remember, don't you, Parky? And it's, it's brilliant. Oh, yeah, we, we, you know, when we, when we signed Jackson Hastings, I think, you know, there were people, I mean, I've watched a lot of NRL and a lot of people knew a lot about him, but not, not quite how good he was. And when you think that at that point he'd already played, what, 40-odd first-grade games as a halfback in, the, in, you know, in the toughest league in the world... I think it gives an indication of what we got. And we were the we were the club that took the chance when it all went wrong with the I think he was going to Huddersfield at the time. We put our neck on the line and said, Well we'll you know, we'll have a go and he, he's repaid us and that's that's the kind of news that it's just up it's just lifted the club, hasn't it? I mean, everybody's rushing out I think the next day to, to get the season tickets for next year. They can't wait to see him again. And and the way he talks about the club and he, he's just he's just passionate and he knows he's rugby league, you know, he's a proper rugby league lad, just like you know, like like the rest of us and uh, yeah, he's given us that, that massive shot in the arm now and, and we can look forward to next season now rather than worrying about it, I think. Yeah, obviously the fans' reaction, uh, Joe, after the game against Toulouse, everyone carries him shoulder high off the field. You know, I think that's for both the fans and himself. It was a bit of a weird atmosphere. I don't think anyone expected that to happen. And it was kind of surreal to see it. It's like a god that Jesus came down and just raised him around like he was one of our own and it was really nice to see him, especially the video as well. The first 30 seconds of the video, I was really crying. I've watched it many times and I still, I still get excited when he changes his voice. It was good action and the way they did it, you know, so it was nice. It was, whoever came up with the idea, give him a job. If you do that again, you might break the heart. It was Michael Burt in the Ukraine with Adam. Uh, as well, so we've got a big gang clap for them. Uh, Paul, you, you were you were oblivious to all this. You had your phone off, didn't you? I was, I know. I think I was under somebody's boiler somewhere, and uh, I got the video on, and um, 
it, it sounded like he was going to say he wasn't staying at first, and then uh, yeah, but like our club, I've heard Wigan players talk about Wigan like that. But to hear somebody talk that, that about Salford, you know, say the say the things that we say and the, and think about Salford the way we think about him, you know, that he really cared. He, he sort of really cared for you know what means so much to us, and and I think that's that's heartwarming. Really, that you've got somebody like that who's willing to. Willing to go through brick walls for you, and um, I think he's the sort of bloke that will do next season. And that sort of lift could, could take us uh, to that to that next stage next year. And if we can get all the rest of the lads buying into that, I'm not saying one man makes a team, but he's really lifted this team. And um, if we can get everybody else singing the same, I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, season in 2019. Yeah, let's not forget Parky Joey Lusick signed a two-year contract as well the day before. Equally as important for me. Because he's come in and he's done a good job, and I think he'll certainly sort of stiffen up our middle. Oh, without a doubt. And I think uh, one one player that would be absolutely relieved would have been Josh Wood, um, who who basically I think he played through the pain barrier for for, for months really, because you know obviously we lost Tompkins, we had no Brian in, uh, we were you know really struggling in that position, and and most teams go with with two hookers these days, or you know whatever you want to call them these days. I'm not sure they are hookers, but. Um, but his lad came in and, you know, none of us knew anything about him. You know, I think he played one first grade game and, he, you know, I, I tried to do a bit of research and spoke to a few friends who, who sort of knew a little bit, but not not an awful lot. And he really has surprised me. His go forward and his speed at the, at the play of the ball just gets us on that front foot all the time. And his work rate, I mean, he played 80 minutes against Toulouse. I'm sure he might have done it against London as well. I can't I can't quite remember, but, um, you know, for, for any player to do that in this certainly a forward in this day and age but in that role it's so demanding you know you're in the middle of everything going forward and defensively uh, and he's just added so much and he's he has really surprised me I've, I've got to say when we signed him I didn't expect an awful lot but now I'm, now I'm looking forward to seeing even more he, he signed a contract I suppose it helps him being Jackson Hastings mate you know both of them you know in the club together you know can, can produce good things definitely mate and he's only a young kid uh, Joey Lusick as well and you look at the, what he's brought to the, to the team for such a young man who's got bags of potential as well. I mean, I know he's, he's pretty decent now, but he can get even better as a player. He's, he's a good distributor of the ball. I think he's got quite a bit of pace off the mark as well. He's, he's got a kicking game, which he's, he's brought in this season. His work ethic, as, as Parky said, there is absolutely outstanding. I think we found a bit of a gem there. and You know, I thought we found a gem last season in Chris Bryan, and I must say it's been... Been so tough on, on Chris not being able to play this season for for his injury, and I'm not sure how, how that's going to work out with Chris, which is such a shame. But with Joey Lucic, he, he he's similar now. We, we've we've got this 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 guy again who can perhaps go on to the to, to the next level, and, and I'm, I'm sure he can do for us because what? I... Yeah, everyone learns off each other. It was kind of um, it's a vision of it. I wouldn't say experience soccer, but he's come to the system in Australia where. You learn a lot of different stuff over the few so there's little stuff that he'll pass on to Josh Wood on to even on to Tompkins it's his pro and it'll help us all around as a team and he'll pass a lot of experience, little stuff he's learned to all the team and that'll make us a better spy and make a better team for that season and hopefully push us on that next stage that we need to make. Yeah, looking forward to the next season, but this season hasn't finished yet for some players. Nia Levels has gone to uh, England, gone to Papua New Guinea, Paul. Uh, to play for England against Papua New Guinea, that what an achievement for him. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, uh, he, he deserves that, I think, as well. He, you know, this season he, he had that injury, and um, you know he came back. He never looked like he'd been away, has he? And uh, he's the ultimate professional, and it's going to help his game as well. You know, going over there, getting that he's been an excellent player for us the last couple of years, and 
he's really come on, his game's really come on, and now he can test himself at the next level. Yeah, and Parky Tyrell McCarthy selected for Ireland in their European Championships. You know, it's great that players are getting, you know, the ability to play for internationals. Oh yeah, and I think it's a massive, uh, a massive load of respect for Tyrell McCarthy as well because uh, a lot of players this season they just want to put the feet up and. And you know, some of them look at the international scene and think, "Well, do I need it?" And he's obviously very, you know, very proud to play for his, his, his you know, his country. And I, I think it's great. And he, hopefully, you know, he stays away from injury. He, he might be match ready before anybody else this season. Um, but yeah, he, a great player, fantastic player. He's been brilliant for us since he's come in. Um, just, just a you know, a proper professional. And I think that shows in the fact that you know he is he is going out there for Ireland and he's he's willing to put his hand up and say, you know. I'll add a bit of experience, a bit of quality to to the setup, and I'm sure I'm sure the whole you know the whole of the Irish camp is delighted to have him. Is it a sign, Joe, how far we've come as a club that we're getting people to play international rugby league at high level? Yeah, I think it shows us the game. To be fair, the the night squad it first time the night have been around in five years, and it's the first tour they've ever really done, and it's nice to see that a lot of teams. The lower end of the league are getting picked, and it's still with the first team. It's people like Wakefield, Wakefield and Lemon have come in, and there's a lot of the Knights want a lot of young players that need a little bit of experience. And it's nice to see that, as Devils and McCarthy, they're kind of taking it the model from the football first team in the South, that way, not the top four or five teams, but it's like it's always been safe within the league. Um, but it's nice to see everyone does deserve it, McCarthy as well. He's probably one of the most experienced in the Irish squad for forward league. So I think he might have been captured in the World Cup. And then so it's good at seeing for being lads from the session so there's a lot over there passing the ability, they're quite um different breed of the players, so he'll learn a lot from it and he'll learn just from being on tour being a different camp as well. Yeah, wish him all the best. Uh, and hopefully, you know, pop up with a try so we get our names on the old uh, papers, Tom. Yeah, definitely. Well, he doesn't normally let us down, does he? When he when he plays, his, his try ratios are you know, pretty good. So I'd uh, I'd back him to score one at least. Yeah. Other bits of news: uh, season tickets are out. Um, everyone should go out, rush rush out and buy them, don't they, Parker? Yeah. Well, yeah. The early bird offer as well. I mean, you know, I think it comes to the end at, at the end of the month, doesn't it? And then it, you know, the prices go up again. So I'd get them in as, as soon as you can. And I, I'm not being funny. I mean, I, I heard a few grumbles when they came out. And I mean, if you, if you don't think that you know it's value for money, then I'm sorry. I don't know. You know what what else you do with your life, but it, it's not expensive for for the amount of games we're going to get. And and hopefully, you know, just to watch the likes of Jackson Hastings every week. I mean, you know, he's. It's probably worth paying a season ticket alone for, but it's if we go out and buy these season tickets, it puts money in the in the club's coffers, and then go out and sign, you know, two or three more of that 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 caliber of player. And the more we get, you know, the better it gets. More people come, and it, you know, it's a cycle from there. Yeah, like Parky said, Paul, uh, new players, then you've got kits at Christmas. The more we buy now, the more the club can do in the winter. Yeah, definitely. And as I said before, Jackson Hastings now is the perfect tool to, to shift season tickets. You know the work that he does off the off the field. And as I said before, the the reception that he got against against uh, Toulouse there, it, it was excellent. Wasn't it? He just it was just great. He just felt a great feeling being there and just seeing that buzz. We've not had that for a while, have we? So far, I can't remember the last 
just trying to wrap my brain. It's the last sort of player that's, that's had that sort of adulation for him at Salford. It's a long time ago. Um, but yeah, and I think the club have got to be cute now and, and use Jackson as best as they can. You know, get some merchandise, get some T-shirts off and get him on mugs and, and things like that and, and really go for it now and uh, you know, get him out there in the public doing appearances because you've got a real character there that, that people know he He's a household name already. I mean, if you watch the Super League show, he appeared on there. He's a, he's a great talker of the, of the game. Talks with media scrum around him where there's about 10 people waiting yeah. to have a chat with him. He's a box office sort of player. And, you know, we've not had many players like that over the years. So uh, I just hope we, we can use him right. And, yeah, I'm going down next week on my day off to get my CD. Can't wait for it. And like Parky says, they're, they're not expensive. Are they? I mean, you know, you're not, you're not bothered how much you pay. I mean, I pay double to see to see so but I'm not fussed but but yeah we, we need to uh, we need to really market that now and uh, let's get on while the going's good you know at the moment we've got a bit of a feel good factor around the club I know we finished in that that sort of qualifiers but because we did so well at it in the, with the Hastings thing I think you know it's turned into a positive so uh, let's just keep just ride on that, that wave at the moment yeah two things I've learned about Jackson Hastings Paul one he likes a media huddle two he likes doing doorways Twice he's, he's had a media huddle right in the doorway, and I've had to do sitting come dancing, having to dance past to lose players. You know, you normally get in there though, you Robbie Elbow, everybody out of the way, don't you? I've noticed <laughs> that. I know stand at the back and watch you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's really good, Joe. And obviously, you look at the prices there, reasonably priced, aren't they? These tickets for this year. Yeah, the like parking saying people are a bit unsure, and the still that the same last year, pretty much. Someone said that. So where I sit up in uh, West Ham, it's gone up by a pound a month on direct debit. What's a pound? Only nine months, it's nothing. So, and especially with Hastings and me, we go back to the spine. The spine's worth watching alone to be. And it's 250 quid the most expensive. Four, four nine nine for an adult most expensive. So, the spine alone's worth that. So, anyone, go out there on direct debit, pay it up. Pay it up. <coughs> It'll be worth it, you know. You can hold it to that. Anyone can hold it to that. It'll be worth it. Um, it's to put it in the day. They can spend it marketing-wise. Maybe they can pay it in. It's all good. Everything will like to put it in a bit. And it will be like that until you find the seat properly. So, buy season ticket. Sell it on if you want. Don't come. Or you buy it. Yeah, I think, Parky, I think it's good also they have an option of direct debit because people sometimes don't have... 250 quid just to throw at someone, do they? And having that extra option where you can pay monthly, you know, helps. Oh, certainly, especially, you know, this time of year, we're getting, you know, people are starting to sort to, towards Christmas and presents and, and that kind of stuff, and nobody wants to be laying out a few hundred quid on, on one thing straight away, you know. It, you know, still, things are still a bit a bit tight in the economy, let's be honest. So, uh, it's, a, it's a really good option. I don't, I don't, you know, I can't understand why anyone would see it as, a, as an issue. It's, it is so cheap, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think this year I think we'll see a few more uh, purchased on, on the back of the news, and you know, and, and this feel-good factor, and, and just hopefully, you know, okay. you know, because we'll, we'll talk about the bubble. This is the bubble moment. The Salford Red Devils bubble is, is alive and well. People inside the bubble are buzzing because Jackson Hastings is signed. People outside the bubble don't necessarily know who Jackson Hastings is, Joe. Yeah. So how do how do we how do we transfer this enthusiasm, this excitement? To people outside, so we can drag them inside to our bubble. It, it, it does all go down to the market and the club, and it's it plainly simple. The way the companies have got into the, the season ticket, it's very successful, it's very good. Going back to the previous ones we've done, Jackson Hastings video, 
That's all good and it's going out to people outside the bubble. People are all there, professional clubs, but what people are. Who are to market the club well? That'll get people outside the bubble. About getting billboards up, getting posters, getting people to stand on top of three feet, three feet, three feet, handing out leaflets for four hours on a Saturday. Get the name out there, get people to do stuff, volunteers. Market the club well, the people will come. That it's just it's easy that I mean marketing guy in some range like players at Wellington, so hopefully we can do a lot for the club. And hopefully <coughs> the new is coming from Wellington, so there's a match there with sales and marketing managers all about the club and he's been there done that for one of the best marketing teams in the league, so I mean that's a positive. Yeah, super excited. Uh, Paul, you know, there's only one way this club's going now and it's up. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, j- just going off what Joe says there, I think he's absolutely bang on there with his, what he said about marketing. And I'm no sort of marketing gory, but I've said it to you before, you've got a marketing man's dream there just over the road in that Trafford Centre. Now and in thousands of people going there in a day. Let's get some players in there, some public appearances. Let's get deals going with the places in there. Get a presence in there and in and around there. And you've got all the... Um, Got suburban areas around the ground as well, as well as the traditional areas of Salford. You've got Urmston, Flixton, Caddy's Head, you name it, all the way around there and spreading out towards Manchester as well. So you've got a real chance now of, of doing something in that, that player there in Jackson Aces. Let's let's use him. Let's use those players, as I said, get in, the, get in there, get a presence going. And it's not all about social media, as we've concentrated on the, the last few years. It is. It's about getting your name out there and getting people know that we play at that stadium. And once you do that, and uh, and I know season tickets are important, but I think a lot of people sometimes will wait before they start buying season tickets to see how the team go on, won't they? They'll see how, how, they, how will they start the season. There's been that many false dawns at Salford. So I think it's vitally important that we uh, we get the, the season running, and I'm sure we will do with the calibre of player we've got. And I think we can we can grow it from there, but it is an exciting time to be a supporter. More false dawns than a Bollywood movie, Joe. Yeah, that's true. When, <laughs> when you said, uh, Paul, there uh, was getting the traffic centre, we've actually got, I know, what was it last Saturday, it was quite amazing to see, the 2006 playoff normal in the team portal in the traffic centre, we've gone to buy Yeah. The seven and then, the guy who's heading back to the car park, the two massive squad portal there, the traffic centre, the 2006 team. I remember it was there. Yeah, I did. I did. Wow. I think a lot of that is obviously, I mean, that, that picture alone is obviously because of the Trafford Centre and the, the fact that the shirt says Trafford Centre. It's a great thing for, for you know both parties. But for me, 
what one of the most underused areas is is Salford sort of Keys and Media City. Yeah. The amount of people there every single day, you know, and, and we have a we got a link with the the Lowry, um, and they still sponsor us. They did do up till last year. I think on the back of the shirt, you go in there. There's, there's nothing. But, well, again, that's that's a place you can put big appearances on. It's in Salford. I mean, if we can't market the game here, we're going to struggle. Um, but the, there's there's a huge sort of there's, there's actually a huge student population around there as well at the moment of people who are you know come from different areas who are probably looking for something to do. A lot of the time, and you know, you get down there, you put deals, and you, you drag people in. I think I think the Lowry and, and Media City in that area is is massively underused for us, and and it, I think that's a target for us. The Trafford Centre, obviously, fantastic, but I, I I don't know how they feel about it now. Uh, there's no no direct link really with them, except for well, I don't, well, Peel don't even know what they do they now. I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to see us market around around the Keys and Media City and. And, and use use what we've got in front of us because I mean, not many not many rugby league teams or you know areas have got what we've got to offer. I think yeah, I agree with you there, Parker. But I think Gary Carter said on his Twitter a couple of weeks ago, where, where would you call the centre of Salford? Yeah? He said he asked, he said where's where's the centre of Salford? And there was had about fifteen replies, all playing different places. So we obviously think right, we'll market this place. And where, where's the centre? Where where would you go if you were like in charge of this? And said, right, Joe, where are we going to promote this club? Where are we going? Well, I'd say I probably wouldn't go to the team. That's not the centre of the that's the outskirts of the The centre for me is off the street, Yeah, that's probably dead band in the middle. Yeah, I'm just thinking of places where you know fans would congregate to see these things <coughs> that would you know want to go and watch the stuff. You know, there's no right or wrong answer, I'm just saying that it's a shift, isn't it? Yeah, I would always, like Parker said, the keys is the up-and-coming thing with BBC and ITV, and it's probably the best place, the easiest place to market the club. But where would you market people to come? Very cool. Is it, what, what do you reckon, Paul? What's your answer to this uh, conundrum? Um, I I, I'm not so sure, really. I don't, I don't think the, the centre of the city really matters. I'd just like to pick up on what Parky said there about... Um, about the keys, I think he's made a fantastic point there. I mean, you look over the last sort of I don't know how many years, but um, a lot of new people have moved to that area, haven't they? Now, um, a lot of young people, young professionals, people who work at the BBC, you know, media city, trend, trendy sort of young people, as, as for want of a better word. And and like Parky says, you know, people maybe want might want something to do. If we can sell them Salford Red Devils. Especially with the guys like Jackson Ace, you know, he's a pretty cool guy, isn't he, and all that. And we can get those people involved and sort of spread the spread the word of our club and, and get them involved in that. I think you've got a whole whole new sort of set of people who could come and watch this. I was thinking like the other day about like where other teams get the crowds from. And you look at like Leeds Rhinos, they they have a massive student population, I think, round there that, that tend to watch them. You've only got to go back sort of ten or fifteen years. Their crowds were not a patch on what they are now. So obviously they've got quite a lot of new supporters. And I think, you know, that's something we need to look at is a new, the new brand of supporters and where they're going to come from. And I think the keys is, is a massive, massive, could be a massive hotbed for supporters and that. So uh, I've never really thought about it like that before, but you've just uh, sort of made me wake up and, and, and think of that. But regarding the, the, the centre of, of Salford, I always thought it was uh, the centre uh, centre spot of the pitch at the Willows, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I don't know. I think maybe the, the precinct, that's... Um, 
that that's the traditional one, I suppose. But like I'm looking at it now, I think a lot of stuff's coming out of the out of media city. But like I said before, I don't think that's like majorly important. I think it's uh, just where we go out for for supporters. But Salford's a massive city with with potential. And like Parky said before, there's not many sides who you know. You look at like say Castleford, Wakefield, the little villages really aren't they? Huddersfield's not the biggest town in the. We've got a, a, a lot of people on our doorstep, aren't we? And if we can sell it and right and market it right and get results on the pitch right, you know, the, the sky's the limit for Salford, I think. When you said young and trendy then, Paul, Joe's hands shot off. Well, I'm not young and trendy. Well, I might be young, young, but I'm not trendy. <laughs> not trendy. <laughs> so, talking about young and trendy, Joe, um, Salford Devil's app's been released. Uh, tell us all about it. Yeah, it's more... It, it, it's actually, it's actually very good. The, the, the old one we had was quite um, bad. Was it? Yeah, it wasn't done by the club, it was done by the club to do all the things and things. It's never really updated. Okay. It's it, good, you can see all the screen news, you can see all the news, the news and pictures, the Twitter feed, all the latest videos. And it also, also um, it's an amateur run into fitness. It tells you all these steps you do the day with a little fit with. And if you come soft, I don't know if you win anything, but Paul right now is doing 100,000 steps for it in a month. So you see that went by. He's in second place. Right. So if I go on the up on 1,062,000. No, 1,062,000. Yeah. So that's a global lead. Where do you jump? Uh, I am. Um, I don't know. You're going backwards. Down the bottom. Um, 39. 39? I'll take that. How many, how many stops have you done? 800 nods so far? I'll take 50. That's good. Grand, no grand total set, 7,246. He's covered some metres here, Parker. I'll take that. Yeah, he's done alright. I had a brief look. I didn't know much about it. I had a brief look the other day, and at first I thought it was solely based kind of, you know, around fitness and, and well-being, which is great, you know, the club. And I know they linked up with the uni. The, the, you know, the, the club's got a responsibility to the community to, you know, not just provide entertainment, but to be a, to, you know, to be a, a, a bit of an example, I suppose. Um, it's a good thing. I had a quick look at. I've not actually actually downloaded it or anything yet. I just had a brief look, but um, I think I think the steps. Thing, I think it's a bit of fun as well. A way of keeping fit. You know, you, I think there's a chance that you set up your own league, can't you? If against your mates and that kind. Of, you know, it's just a bit of a laugh as well. In it, that'll do you a bit of good. Um, I think yeah, I think it's a good thing. And the actual, you know, obviously, the thing about the videos and everything, it's great as long as the site's updated and. And it, you know, from what Joe said, that's going to happen from now on. So, yeah, I think it, it, it looks good. I, like I say, I only, only found out about it about two days ago. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll sort of download and then uh, we'll, we'll have a look. And I might, I might try this, uh, these steps and, 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 and challenge everybody with it. Yeah, I think, we, I think this could be a thing, a podcast thing, this, I reckon. Yeah. You reckon, Paul, do you reckon you'd be able to get near the top here? Challenge Joe? What am I doing, Rob? Walking steps. Steps. Hmm. Yeah, why not? Got long legs. This is it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that could be a disadvantage, that. This is true. Yeah, it could. It could. Especially with my back and knees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Devil's done 19,000 steps as well, so he's, he's up, in, up near the top. This is, uh, he'll, he'll take some catching. We might, might have to wait, maybe. Not that far behind. No, no. You're in his rear view, Miller. That's what he is. Uh, I like 
That might be my goal for the evening. He's not getting turned over by Dr. Devil. If he's listening, he's not getting turned over. <laughs> so, other bits of news. Uh, there's a golf day at Davey Hume Park Golf Club on Friday at 11 o'clock. Um, Parky, any good at golf? I've got to say, it's one of the things I've, I've, I've never tried. No? Nope. Never. Uh, I, I've never had much of an interest, to be perfectly honest. Although... I did catch quite a bit of the Ryder Cup recently and got a little bit uh, a little bit into it, but I, I, I don't know, it, it just looks like a, a lot, you know, maybe again with this, this, this app, it might be quite good, a lot of, a lot of steps doing golf, but uh, no, it's, it's not a thing for me, but uh, I know the club have always done one, I think Andrew Bentham used to always organise these golf days and they were always big success with businesses and, and, and certainly supporters as well, and um, yeah, I, I, it's a... Uh, I think I think the thing is with, with golf, you have a you have a low a low that don't you? I think it's one of them things, and uh, I'm sure there's lots of fans out there that that play golf. I'm sure, there are. Um, and I, I don't know if they've been you know invited to this or if it's just a sponsors thing, but uh, it's another good way of uh, you know uh, opening up channels and having a you know because not everybody's obviously into rugby, and you get people into golf and then find out about Salford through it. Yeah, you can have a team of four uh, for well, four hundred quid, three hundred ninety-five pounds, Joe. You any good at golf? Not had a proper game in a couple of years. It's not just an average like the Sheffield game. I can hit, I can hit the ball. Mm. Still go straight, but I can hit it. Even part me, pitch and putt. That's about it. Yeah. Right, I did, I did crazy the bit. Golf. Crazy golf. I've been, been to that crazy golf on the uh, Sheffield Centre. Was the one I was having dinosaurs. Yeah. Never been. Oh, I've never been. Paul, have you, you took your kids yet? Yeah, I beat them as well. <laughs> 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 I came, I came, I'm dead competitive. I came round and uh, the little one was doing the scorecard, you know, with a little pencil and all that. And uh, I said to her, she kept fiddling my score, you know, and I didn't. I said, no, I come, I come round one under par all the way around. But other than that, I'm absolutely bobbins. I spent a lot of time as a kid on golf courses, but I wasn't playing golf. I was usually pinching balls and caddying and stuff <laughs> like that. As a, as a kid, I used to love doing that. Uh, but uh, but no, it's always a game that I've always fancied. But. No, I've, I've had a go a few times, you know, on the driving ranges and they end up just like swinging and pulling me back out and I'm rubbish, I can't even hit the ball, so, uh, no, I make a mess of the grass, but get out of the ball. I've got a mate called Chris, Chris Hickman who's good at golf, I reckon he'd be good at this. Mm. Mm. Um, so if you are good at golf, uh, you can contact Peter at bigredevents.co.uk or ring 07967371278. And, uh, and book your tickets. Go, Joe. Next bit of news? Yeah, the next bit of news that's come out of the club today actually is a club sponsor, Capitone uh, Security. As confirmed, they will donate £25 for each brick for the Sulfur Redstone Foundation in the Willow's Wall with a name given of a legend painted on it. So they're doing a Sulfur Green Team as it was, doing a pit. I don't know if it's over the next week or next couple of months they're doing a pit. They're full back with the centre and then Test Concert and will pay foundation. So the first lot has come out today for the full back. So it's 10, it's Steve Hill, Arthur Gregory, Ken Williams, Colin Whitehead, Paul Fletcher, Gary Broadbent, Steve Gibson, Gary Jack, Paul Charlton, and Harold Osbaldestein. Osbaldestein. Yeah, that's the only one I've not heard of, the top one. So now, oh. who would you pick, lad? We'll start with Parker because he's he's quite well, good. Uh, I mean, he's it's, it's, it's a tough. I mean, you've got um, 
Osbald Destin there, who was obviously part of the, the, the original Red Devils in the 30s. And, you know, let's be honest, there's not many people alive. I don't think they've seen him play. Um, but, you know, to be part of that team. Um, it's, it's a tough one, that, isn't it? I mean, there's so many... I can think of other players that weren't even mentioned no. that I thought were, were really good. But uh, off that list, I mean, I remember Steve Rule from my... When I first started sort of watching was... Um, was really good and a good, good goal kicker as well um, Gary Jack obviously he had that he was one of those had that Jackson Hastings effect when we signed him obviously at the time he was he was the golden boot winner so that that's that's you don't get any bigger than that um, I, I think probably my me, me, me favourite if not always the best would have been Gibbo um, just yeah, he was just entertainment you know from start to finish the lad uh, and he was another lad that loved, loved the club and uh, ended up staying here for a while, didn't he? Um, but it, yeah, lots. I mean, it's always tough when you talk about that. I mean, you know, asked you know, probably more of my older brothers and, and you know, my father before that, and they'd have gone with Charlton. You know, you, you can't you can't follow what he did, but you know, we've had some really good fullbacks. One of them positions we've always been pretty well blessed with. Um, I, I, I'm just trying to think. You know, people like uh, even like Jason Flowers, Steve Hampson, who came at the end of the careers. Did a decent job for us. Uh, I remember an Aussie, uh, Scott Mann, who was who was fantastic. I think he came around the, the Jack era. Um, yeah, so and even Fitzer, I don't know, you know, Fitzy did a job for us, didn't he? I tell you what, uh, okay, even, when I, when even though I he wasn't that. really a fullback, but um, yeah, and, and, and Paul Fletcher was always a favourite of mine. I must I must say, and he was sort of a converted fullback, really. I think he was a halfback. But so yeah, we've been blessed in that position. But I'd probably I'd probably stick my neck out and I'd have to go with Gibbo just for his entertainment. Yeah. I tell you, when I saw Carl Fitzpatrick was on the list, nearly jumped out of the chair, didn't I, Joe? I was fuming. How how is he not in that in that in that line? You did you were a bit confused why he wasn't, but like Parker said he wasn't. One full back He played a lot of ER, full back, so he was injured for a lot of his time as well when he was at the club. His final year. Ooh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Paul? Uh, well, there's only one. There's only one man for me, and that's Gibbo. Um, he was my hero growing up, Gibbo. I've still got my picture of him at the Christmas party. He was just a massive hero. I was gutted when he left, and he went to Rochdale Hornets in the end. But just with long, he came at a similar time to, to Gary Jack, didn't he? I know mm. Gary Jack gets all the accolades, the golden Gibbo came as a bit of a make-weight, I think, really. And, you know, Gary Jack, great player, but didn't play that many games for us. And Gibbo mm-hmm. stood the test of time for me. And, you know, he always seemed to beat the first man. He, you looked at him with his, his scrum hat on, his sort of knock knees and his long mullet. And he, he didn't look like a, a great sort of world-class player, but what, what, what a guy. What, what a player on his day. He, fantastic to watch. And like Parky said, he loved the club. And I think I've seen a picture of him recently and he's got a salt tattoo on his back and he still talks highly about the club today and he's in his 50s now. Like, so, um, massive hero of mine. I mean, my dad's obviously a good for Paul Charlton. He worships Charlton. Another guy I've always liked was Billy Broadbent. And he he mm. was like the second second sort of place. Broadbent was was great when we signed him from, from Witness in that 97 season. He was a young kid, 21-year-old then, and he slotted straight into the side. Probably not the most gifted player in the world but what a brave lad he was you know not many people beat him and didn't with, with, with Gary Broadbent as well I think he played in probably not some of the greatest Salford sides late 90s but he had some poor runs there and some some heavy defeats didn't but Gary was always he was like the Alamo sometimes for him mm. 
his defensive work was, was outstanding. But like Parky said and, and Joe said as well, it, it's been a position for me where we've always we've always had a decent fullback, haven't we? And there's, there's loads of can read on. Parky stole me thunder really, and he said Jason uh, Flowers and and Steve Ampo as well. We had Ampo in the in the mid nineties there. He came at the end of his career and played in the, the cup uh, win against Wigan, didn't he? Ampo had a great mm-hmm. game. So. No, with, with Bobby Thompson, the Australian as well, he was he's yeah, a decent fullback. So uh, Scott Mann, yeah, I think we've been blessed with him. So it's a, it's a really difficult category that, and I know you seem a bit miffed that Fitzy's not got in there, but I think there's there's been there's been loads, haven't there? Yeah, I suppose I'd have to go for Gary Broadbent if I was put in that list. Solid defender, brilliant in the air, brave as a lion. Um, yeah, solid. I probably have to pick him. Gary Broadbent for me is the only one that's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd say a, I'd say a, a little sort of anecdote about, about Gibbo when uh, he, he'd signed first and uh, not long after uh, we, we'd signed Gary Jack and a, you know, we say world headlines that this this was happening, you know, I was I was little old Sol for a part-time club in the north of England signing the best player in the world, it was ridiculous and uh, I think uh, I think somebody, a journalist asked, asked Gibbo, obviously as a fullback, says, you know, how do you feel about Sol for going out and signing the best player in the world in your position? He went, it's all right. I hope he likes playing on the wing. And that, that was Gibbo all over. He just had that, that about him. He didn't care, you know, and uh, it didn't take him long to, you know, obviously Gary went back and and uh, he, he just, you know, he, he took over that role again. And Gibbo was one of them players. He'd just give you everything he got. And I think like what Paul was, was kind of alluding to as well with, it, with a few of our players, they've never been maybe the, the highest of, of quality, but someone like Gibbo never lacked any heart. And every time he went on the pitch, it, it meant something to him. Putting on that Salford shirt. Yeah, obviously we'll look forward to the you know the weeks to come where we'll go through all the rest of the team and we'll probably have a chat about it on a podcast for every week just so we'll have our opinions as well. Um, next up, we normally try to do the amateur report, Paul, but the uh, the amateur season's finished, hasn't it? Well, I sent you a report last week, but we didn't do a podcast. Well, I'll put, I'll put it on now <laughs> so, then. So, so I did do you one. Cool, I'll put it on now then. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. We shall start off this week with the National Conference Leagues. Not many games involving our local sides now, but it is getting to that time of the season where grand finals and playoffs are being played. And there's a big result for Saddleworth Rangers on Saturday. They won away from home at Crossfields by 50 points to 24. That was in the promotion playoff semi-final. They've now gone through to the promotion playoff final. They'll play Wigan St. Jude's on Saturday, the 6th of October. Don't forget, they've, they're going for back-to-back promotions. They came up from Division 3 last season so in Division 2 playoff final action this Saturday for a place in Division 1 so good luck to Saddleworth Rangers it's also the Premier Division Grand Final on Saturday as well that's going to be contested by Hunslet Club Parkside and Westall that's a 3-0-5 kickoff. and the Division 1 promotion playoff final is Lee Minor Rangers against Milford Marlins both those games are at the LD Nutrition Stadium Post Office Road Featherstone Rovers admission is £6 and £3 for concessions We'll turn our attention to Youth Rugby League. It was the under-17s Barla County Tri-Series got underway on, on Sunday. Cumbria 4, Lancashire 16. That's the under-17s, so a great result there for Lancashire. And uh, we wish them all the best in their next game when they will play Yorkshire. Moving on to... The College Rugby League on Wednesday the 26th of September there's a couple of results one result in the Premier Division Huddersfield Giants Foundation beat Hopwood Hall College by 28 points to 20 and Salford Red Devils Rising Stars were beaten 
away at Furness by 36 points to 24. The fixtures for this week, Wednesday the 3rd of October in the Premier Division, it is Hopwood Hall versus Salford Red Devils and in the North West League 1, Salford Red Devils A uh, at home to Warrington and Vale. Well, as we mentioned just before, it was grand final action and it was also grand final action in the North West Men's League. As we mentioned on last week's amateur report, we had two of our local sides in grand final action. Well, West Horton Lions, I suppose, one of our local teams as well, so that was three. And in Division 1, it was a great result. Rochdale Mayfield A beat Walney Central of Cumbria by 51 points to 6th. So Rochdale Mayfield A will be playing Premier Division Rugby League next season. Langwith the Reds beat West Hart and Lions by 36 points to 16. So Langwith the Reds will be promoted into the Division 2. So a great result for them. Bad luck to West Hart and Lions, but West Hart and Lions have come a long way in the last couple of years and had a, a few promotions themselves as well. The rest of the results were as follows. Premier Division Grand Final, Oral St. James 12, Thato Heath Crusades A26. In Division 2, Ulverston 18, Wigan St. Cuthbert's 28. The Division 4 Grand Final saw Blackpool Scorpions go down 38 points to 8 against Wigan Springview. And finally, Division 5 Grand Final, Thato Heath Crusaders B56, New Spring Lions 10. So congratulations, as we said, to our two local side, Rochdale Mayfield Day and the Langwithy Reds. We've got a bit of amateur news as well. Barla's open age side will play the Army towards the end of next month as part of the international side's preparations for the Tour of Fiji in November. The game will be hosted by Wigan Outfit Hindley on Saturday the 20th of October with a 2pm kickoff admission. It's £2 with the pound concessions. Accompanied under-16s will be allowed in for free. That's all I've got for you this week. I shall see you next week. So that was Paul's amateur report. Um, big news, actually, on the amateur scene. Um, cup finals. Uh, what was it? Langworthy Reds have yep. won Division 3. Mm. Uh, we're starting the final. Really good game. What a lad turned out to watch the boys. I mean, I made a late appearance for them this year. Yeah. Come and watch, watch the boys. Couple of plays for for Right now. Joined there when I was six in 2001, except for the first season I've never played for Lamborghini, so it's nice to see the boys get over and get the victory. Two promotions now in three years, two finals in three years. So it's a bit of a turnaround after a bit of a dodgy couple of years, so it's nice to see going up to Division 2 and hopefully we can get some players in and push on and try and get in that League 1. Yeah, I think it's great. Both our local sides, Paul, competing in the, in the Cup final, you know, shows that there's strength in the uh, in the rugby league in this area yeah certainly and in, and in the wider area as well I mean um, it's a few weeks since I've done that report now but yeah I do remember talking about Langwood it was a great win for him and in the wider sort of Greater Manchester area, Rochdale Mayfield they, they they got a result in their grand final and Saddleworth Rangers got promoted for the second year on the bounce as well they won their grand final so yeah rugby league in, around this area is uh, you know it's doing really well and We've we've seen Caddy's Head have a good season as well. Salford City Roosters have struggled a bit this season, and they found it tough. I know reading their reports every week and talking about them, they found it difficult to get you know the full seventeen out every week. So hopefully they're going to you know strengthen up next season and go again because it's been tough. Folly Lane have had another good season as well. All our local sides have have put it in this season, and it's been it's been a pleasure covering them. Yeah, it's been really good. Like like. Uh... Paul said, Parker, you know, all our amateur sides get a bit on the podcast. We always let them know about any fixtures or results or any even news coming out of their clubs. 
Yeah, uh, I've got to say that the Langwood result was was, was phenomenal. I, I I was due to go, but unfortunately uh, something came up. I know, obviously, like Joe, I know quite a few of the lads, and they're, they're a cracking bunch. And they, you know, they really stick together and look look out for each other. And I was I was delighted for them. Uh, it's, it's not easy to do because with all the local teams, we struggle for numbers. You know, it's not it's, with football being so dominant in this area. Um, the, the work that these these people do, and you know, these lads put their hand up every week. They're not getting anything for it at the end of the day. You know, it's just it, it's it, it's a bonding with them, and and they're a group of lads that stick together. And like you say, I mean. I know uh, the, the Roosters have had a, a tough year and they've really struggled. Um, with some good lads there, and it's, it's just about numbers now. There, there is talent in, in this area. We just, you know, fortunately, we just we don't have enough of it. Um, but hopefully, you know, next year we can a few more lads will, will, will sign up. And it's all about. I mean, the, as as a rugby league club, professional rugby league club, we've got a lot to do with that. Um, getting you know getting people involved in the sport from you know from girls teams and you know young kids and 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 then up to open age you know it kind of spreads through the family then and uh, hopefully you know from from then on we can we can build but if we get some more numbers uh, I'd like to say all you know all our, our teams in in higher higher leagues and uh, but yeah massive well done to Langworthy on that one yeah and uh, talking about numbers there's a rumor one of the podcasts might be making a return to the uh, to the amateur scene Joe. Um, no, I've heard this rumour knocking about. Any, anything you've got to add to that? Not signed anything yet. Need to get to it. Well, I might. might have to pre-season, I might have to pre-season and come back after pre-season. Yeah, and you'll be able to announce it on air when you do. If you do. Of course you will. <laughs> so, you'll have to do a video, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell the missus I'll be out another two nights a week now. Yeah, she's going to love that. <laughs> so, next up on the Devil in the Detail podcast, we're going to be talking about our victor, victorious, 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 victorious of our Player of the Year awards. I've uh, been waiting a couple of weeks for the uh, results, and here they are now. So, Paul, three trophies to celebrate three great players at our club. Yeah, it was a bit of a panic getting them trophies, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that Thursday, driving about, trying to find a shop. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I, can't, I can't remember who won them now. You'll oh, have to, uh, the have to remind me. <laughs> right, so first one uh, was uh, the Devil in the Detail Young Player of the Year Award. We'll do it in reverse order to build the tension. So in third place was Daniel Murray, Parker. Uh, solid season from him. Yeah, he certainly came on, didn't he? Started to blossom a little bit as the season went on. Um, I think he's, you know, he's learning a lot. And I know Watso obviously mentioned the likes of. Uh, uh, Burgess and people like behind the scenes and he'll have learned so much off these lads and the experience and he will get better and he, as I say the season went on he, he really started to impress me and he, he's not afraid he gets stuck in um, so yeah that's that. I mean I, he is still young and for a forward you know he's got plenty of time to develop and uh, and, and, and hit his peak so yeah I, I couldn't disagree with that yeah uh, second place in the Young Player of the Year award for the Devil in Detail Joe was uh, Jake Bibber with 10% of the votes. Um, good season for him, amongst the tries, and developed well. Yeah, he got 11 this year. For a centre played on the wing, he's not done too bad, is it? Not clinical try scores, he's got a winger that will dive. We've never really had one of them, ever, that will dive. He's now the new modern winger to dive in the corner. He's done that quite a lot for a lot of his tries this year. It's nice to see, I think, he's come on leaps and bounds, he's got 
Oh, we have plenty of appearances this year. Paul, if I'm not wrong, this season. Uh, yeah, I think you're round about right there. I've not got my stats in front of me, mate. I'm not, I'm not a stato anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. what are you alluding to? But yeah, I think he's a top try scorer for us this season. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's finished on 11, Bigger finished on... Well, everyone's finished on 8, Bigger finished on 11. Might have been 12. He didn't score again, so I'm not too sure. But he's played well all year. He's been consistently good. He made one error again. Is it a pull? I'll leave it home and he got dropped for that and it, it took a lot out of him but he came back in the eight and three to himself and proved the water but he can be trusted and hopefully he gets a starting spot next year with on the wing because I think they all have better play than Alfred on the wing so I think that's right second place. Yeah, and the winner of the young player of the year for the Devil of the Detail for two thousand and eighteen was Josh Wood, Paul. Great playoff, great season. Yeah, and we, how many times have we, we had this conversation with this season when we said, we spoke to him, didn't we, yeah. outside <laughs> Warrington, and we've, yeah. we've mentioned this loads, but we, we spoke to him there after the Warrington friendly, and um, he was really, really honest with us, and if you've, if you've heard me say this before, I'm repeating myself, but he, he sort of said, this is a make or break season for me, I need to perform, and he looked like he had pressure on him, didn't he? And he looked hungry, like he, he wanted to prove people wrong and, and make a point. And I think he really has this season. I think he's uh, he's been true to his word. He's he's been outstanding. I think he's for me he's probably the improved player in the, the the club as well. Um, just his defensive work, you know, for the size of him, the hits he puts in on blokes that are twice as big as him, and he flattens them. And he's been really good going forward as well. And I, I think he fully deserves that, Rob. And uh, you know, for me, he was up there for, for possibly getting Player of the Year as well. I thought he had a great season and he's one of them now that needs to needs to keep going. He needs to work with young Joey Lusick as well. Two two really good hookers there as well and Hogan Tompkins is still at the club as well. So uh, so they've got three players there challenging for that number nine and uh, and yeah, I'm really pleased with Josh because he's, he's a good lad as well, good honest kid as well. Yeah, uh, second award uh, from the Devil Eater, the best newcomer award of 2018. In reverse order, third place, Paul, was Ben Nakambawai. I thought Started off like a house on fire. Kind of think he got a bit tired as the season went on, but well worthy of his third place finish. Yeah, certainly. I mean, with Ben, he's, he's only a young kid, and he was he's twenty, twenty-one, and he's he's come from the other side of the world. Hasn't he never been out of his, his own country before, and it, sometimes it takes you a bit of time to adjust. And I think I think he has done. I think you know he's made progress as the season's gone on. He had a slow start for me, and then he started to sort of poke his nose through, make make the yards, make a few little breaks, and that, and uh, he tailed off towards the end of the season. But you've got to give the the lad a chance, and uh, you know to come over here and, and sort of settle in. I think he'll need a big pre-season behind him now, and um, I think you'll see uh, see a good season from him in, in 2019. He's got all the potential there to be at the top four. He's got the size, he's got the physique, and uh, I think we've we've got a real raw raw talented player there who we we can work with and develop. Yeah, do you agree with that, Parker? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the, the one thing I noticed from him as the season went on was when he when he, I remember that first game at, at Warrington, that friendly, uh, bitterly cold day that yeah, I'd rather forget. But um, he kept making these runs and then trying to play the ball too quickly and, and getting it all tangled up. And he did it a few times uh, as the season got on. And then as as it developed, he seemed to just take that that extra step, that you know, slow it down a little bit. You don't have to rush. You've broken the line. And we do want to quit play the ball, but just control what you're doing and do everything correct. And he was learning as the season went on. In the same way as Dan Murray, you know, in that 
they're both young lads and, and for, for prop forwards I mean there's a long way to go for him uh, but I think yeah I couldn't agree more I think Paul's right he's, he's, he's got a raw talent about him he's certainly a big lad I mean massive isn't it um, and if we can you know get him you know fully fit again and get him ready he's had you know the best part of the season now in Super League in terms of match match he's played which will soften him up and he'll have learnt a lot from that and I, yeah, I can see this kid having a big future mate. I really can yeah, kind of work in progress, really, Joe. You know, first of season for us. Hopefully, I can kick on next season. Yeah, he's like Parker said, he's very serious. Family, both raw talents, and he's very, very young. The top, 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 really peaks at 26, 27. So everything will be a learning curve. He's learning every day, and the more games he gets, the more minutes he gets, the better players are coming in and learn more. So that was first best newcomer for me. Yeah, uh, second place in the best newcomer of 2018 was Ed Chamberlain Parker. Yeah, yeah, well, that, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago when we, we were having on air or we, we were talking off air or something, how on earth witness, he couldn't get in this witness side, I do not know. There must have been something going on there. They'd loaned him out for the last two years um, in a team that, you know, basically witness couldn't buy a win, could they? I mean, they were terrible. And they wouldn't let him in the team. And as soon as he came, he had this... I don't know, he's fresh, obviously, because he hasn't played that much, but he just has this, he's got pace, he's got, he's got a bit of skill about him, obviously his goal kicking was, you know, is a major boost for the, for the team, but yeah, what a surprise, he, you know, he couldn't get in there, Tim, and I'm thinking, what, what are we doing, you know, why, why are we, is this the kind of player we need to be spending salary cap on, and well, you know, he certainly surprised me, and, and uh, I, I've, been, I've been blown away by him, I think he's, he's definitely in, in in line for a starting spot next year. He's put a lot of pressure on the two centres who are there now he's selling well. You know, you have an off game, this kid will come in. He can cover at the wing and full back. What, I, I, I'm still scratching my head to work out what Betts and Cummins were, were doing there last season. Um, just letting the lad, uh, you know, sort of sit around on the bench. Very, very yeah, he, he, was, he was great for us in the short sort of period we've had him. Yeah, any other year, Paul, Ed Chamberlain wins this award for me. Um, Crucial moments in crucial games in the crucial part of the season, he came up with a big plays, and I think he was very unlucky to get second. Uh, Chamberlain, I think, has been a, a little gem for us, really. A, a great signing, you know. Um, probably a few raised eyebrows when, when, when Well Iraqi went to, to witness and Greg Burke and, and Ed came in. And um, I think we've definitely got the best part of that deal with, with those two, no disrespect to, to Weller. I mean, Ed's come in, he's a hungry hungry young lad, he's only 23, 24, something like that. Good goal kicker as well, I've been really impressed with his goal kicking. But he just adds that bit of zip and that bit of speed, he's an explosive player, exciting player to watch and every sort of Super League side needs players like that in the team. There's not that many of them about, so uh, I'm really pleased that we've got Ed and I think, you know, another another guy with a full pre-season under his belt and uh, buys into the the, the Salford ways and, and settles into the side even more next season. I think Ed's going to be a, going to be a real good acquisition. I, I mean, for me, I think he's, his position's a centre. I don't know where where what all season, but I think he's he's looked good in the, in the centres for me. And uh, I think he's, he's at home on the wing as well. But with with him, he can play in both positions and can also play at full back as well. So you've got a guy there who's very versatile as well. But no, an, an excellent sign. And as you say. If it wasn't for the for the lad who won this, um, you know, being extra special, I think Ed would have walked away with that award. Well, do you reckon, Joe? Do you think he's uh, very unlucky for his second place? I think he's very unlucky. I think he should have won it. Probably not. Probably not. Like Paul said, he's extra special. 
Yeah. You've uh, you talked about Josh Jones, Josh Jones in the podcast, Paul. You know, worthy of that fourth place finish. Yeah, I think every club team club needs a, needs a Josh Jones, don't they? Like a sort of a modern day Mick Elligan sort of player, isn't he? Um, a grafter and someone who doesn't always grab the headlines, but someone who's, who's like Joe said, consistent. I mean, you don't always hear people in the media ranting and raving about Josh Jones, either, because he just gets on with it. He's just consistent every week and he sort of does the unsung sort of hard work and the hard yards. He, every time he's got the ball, he takes about three or four blocks to, to put him down. He's, he's he's so strong as well, good in defence and, he, you know, you're an excellent player and yeah, I, I sometimes think he gets the credit he deserves and, uh, you know, he's up there for me. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a really good player. Yeah, the kind of player Parky we need in a squad if we're going forward. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I made my thoughts clear on Jones. I mean, last last year, especially early on, he, he got a few knocks and he started getting injured a little bit. But from the year before that, I I was I was talking him up in, in England circles. I thought he, he should be getting an international call up, at least into that squad. He is he is consistent. He's so tough, so rugged. Nobody would want to play against somebody like that. Um, but just to mention the, the player he came level with there in Copper. Um, he, you know, he, he missed quite a bit of the season this year, but it just shows what what an influence he has and what you know a fan's favourite he's been in the time he's been here. He's never let us down ever. He's he, again another con- consistent performer who just you know he puts his hand up and uh, just gets on with it. Uh, he come up with a few tries again this year, which is you know always good for a prop. Uh, he's always a he's always a danger, um, and uh, you know I think he's had a, a really good career with us. Um, and him and Jones, yeah, you could see why they'd be tied because they're both that that just consistent level every every single week. You, you can't you can't ask more from these kind of guys. Yeah, third place in the play of the year went to Junior South. Paul, what do you think of that? He's always a fan's favourite. Lots of people, you know, like him. He's deadly close to the line. You know, worthy that third place finish. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um... He's an all-action player, isn't he, Junior Sow? I mean, his commitment is, is outstanding. Isn't it? I mean, he gets injured every week, doesn't he? He works and, and tries that hard. Um, he'd run through a brick wall for you, wouldn't he? He really would. And he's been he's been at Salford a few years now, hasn't he? Very very loyal, I think, to, to the club. And uh, I don't know whether he's had a chance to move on or not. I don't know. But he always seems to be... Uh, he's always there and thereabouts, isn't he, at this time of the year for, for player of the year. Like you say, a real, a real fan's favourite. You know he's, he's strong in defence, and uh, yeah, he's. I think he, he's, he's worthy of that, mate. Third place, definitely. Yeah, a kind of player the club can use to promote the club and the game in the area, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Probably that's all what he's good for. Ooh, you don't like him much, do you? But you know, for me, you can't, you can't, you can't deny the, the listeners voting in third place, which is, you know, I think he's, he's what he is. He's a solid centre. He knows where the line is. And he loves the fans, the fans love him. Yeah, I kind of, I watched a lot of NRL and I knew what we were getting in him when we signed him in 2014 as a first season. Um, he can score a try, he gets over the line quite a lot in the season. This year he's got 6 or 7. How many times could he have passed that when he's gone for the line and got held up? He's probably in the top 10. But I don't think he's a game changer in the same team. I saw something on Twitter that he should be captain next season. But Kind of bring him out a little bit. Just don't get it. Just don't get this hype about him. Well, Parkett, you know, he's, he's a good player. Like I said, knows where the line is. You know, everyone loves him. 
Yeah, I've got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm half in agreement with what Joe says. To be fair, I'm, uh, I'm not going to knock him as a, as a as a player and as a person. I think one of the things that certainly held him back is in his time with us. How many times has he had a really good winger outside him that he could probably trust a little bit more than he than he does? You know, he, this year he's he's gone along with with Bibby and Olfitz and Johnson on the wings who. You know, I'm not knocking these guys either. I'm just, uh, they're not, them defensively, again, not brilliant. So he, he maybe has to, he, he thinks a little bit too much about where they are and not about his own game. Um, but he is, I mean, he is a fan's favourite. He always has been, you know, and he, he a, a cracking bloke, lovely fella. Um, and I, I don't doubt that he has got a little bit more about him and sometimes he suffers because of the, the, the team maybe he plays him. But, um I'm, I'm a little surprised he got that high up the, uh, the the votes, but then you know popularity in that way will will win over. But uh, like I say, I'm not I'm not knocking the guy. You know he's he's obviously very loyal and he he can put it in. And I think he's probably struggled a little bit with injuries as well during his time with us. But uh, yeah, look, I, he's certainly a, a super league standard player. There's, there's no doubt about that. And uh, you, you probably are pressed to find too many that would that would fill that gap for us at this stage. Yep, second place in the uh, Devil in Detail Player of the Year award goes to Niall Levels, Joe. England international now. Came in, took his place off back off Gaz O'Brien and had a great season. Yeah, yes. Back from what could have been a season threatening. You know, he come back quite a short time. It was seven weeks he was out for. What injury he had was remarkable. He was off the back of staff and Yeah, England international, Paul knows where the line is. How far can Nile levels go? Well, I think he can go all the way, Robert. I've always said that to you, you know, uh, since I first came on a podcast. He's probably one of my favourite players at the, at the club. Um, yeah, definitely, mate. He, he had a, that tough injury, and that, that injury could have um, took the wind out of his sails, really, but it didn't. He came back, and he, when he did come back towards the end of the season, he, he looked like he'd never been away. He really kicked on, got himself in that, that England squad, and... Uh, I'm sure he'll, he won't let anybody down in that and, and come back and have a big big season for us next year. You know, his, his try ratio is really good. Always has been since he's been at the club. And, you know, he's come through our system as well. And um, that's great to see that, you know, he, he's loyal to Salford, isn't he? And he knows what it's all about. He's been there a number of years now, if you, you count on the time he spent in the academy as well. So, uh, and he's a, he's a lovely lad off the field as well, isn't he? You know, lives the life and... Uh, very pleasant lad, very polite lad, quiet lad, really. And uh, you know, I've got a lot of time for Niall. He's, uh, he's the ultimate professional for me. And uh, one guy who, who I think should have got a mention in the, uh, the the player of the year, if I can just, you know, you were sort of 
having a go at junior salus and I, I sort of agreed with, with, with both um, Joe and, uh, and Parky's comments I just didn't want to say it first because he's a big lad junior but <laughs> 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 one lad who I thought should have got a mention though in that top three or four was Chris Weller because I think going off centres I think Chris has been excellent this year and um, no, I, th- I thought he, sh- he should have been up there really I think he's a bit of an unsung sort of player he's not He's probably not the most glamorous centre in the world, is he? And perhaps that's why he, he didn't get the votes. But for me, I think he's really consistent, re- really old-school sort of centre. And uh, I'd have had him in my top three, definitely. Are you part of the Nile-level fan club, Paul? Uh, listen, there's only one word for me, and it's class. I think ever since I've seen him play through the academy, years back, you know, we had some good good kids then, didn't we, coming through the likes of uh, Farge and, and Sneed and people like that. You know, we had... He had a really good academy at the time, and he came through that, and he always looked. He just had that edge. He reminded me a bit of a, a bit of a Sean Edwards in many ways. Uh, I know he played quite a bit at halfback, and he, and obviously Edwards started out at fullback, which is which is a you know a bit of a twist. But um, at the start of the season, he's looked at that team, and he's thought, you know, where am I? Where's my place? Am I going to be stuck on the wing? I don't want to be a winger. Clearly, he doesn't want to be a winger. But Gaz O'Brien's got a fullback. He never he never let that trouble him. He just gone with it. Took, you know, waited for his chance. I don't suppose any of us expected what happened with O'Brien to happen, but it did. He went straight in there. He's never sulked. He's never, you know. And then he got that injury, and I thought, that's it. And I was going to say this before when we mentioned him getting the night call. You know, he could have put his head down, and that's it for the year. You know, we, we looked like we might get relegated anyway. I could hide out a way of this. He didn't. He got back quicker than, than I would have even dreamt of. Since he's come back, He's just been quality. He's every every time we we're doing something good on the front foot, he's involved or he's he's right behind the play and you know with a Jackson Ace things and a, a Rob Louie and people like creating space. He's devastating. I, I I I think the kid is is real real quality. And I was I was worried. I mean, when people were going about us losing O'Brien, I I was actually petrified that it would, would have been Evels that was going rather than O'Brien. I I don't know why you know none of the big boys have ever really come in. I mean. The way, the style of his play would suit, you know, saying telling down to the ground, wouldn't it? Not I'm trying to sell a lad, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, but I, I've, I've got, no, I, I just think he's brilliant. I really do. And he, like you say, he's a nice lad as well. And he's, he's got his, you know, his feet on the ground. Um, and and in an era of, you know, pretty good fullbacks knocking about, he could, he could still eclipse them all at the moment. I think he's got that. And if he gets himself behind a winning team, and that's what he needs, you know, rather than being on the, on the back foot all the time, uh, he, he could easily score, you know, 15, 20 tries a season. He, he, I, I think he's an absolute phenomenon. Yeah, definitely agree with you there, Parker. But there's only one winner with over 66% of the vote. It's the star man, Rob Louis, Paul. Yeah, where do we start? Rob Louis. Um, I just think he's been consistent all season, mate. Um, I mean, just thinking back to our podcasts and that, um, when you've asked me every week who, who's your man of the match Paul you probably could have said Robert Louis every week and there's been a few weeks where I thought yeah it was Robert Louis but I've had to change my mind to give somebody else a go um, but how many games have you been to this season where they've announced it you know, my, your man of the match Robert Louis the Sky games that we've had Robert Louis just this consistent everything he does attacking defence just the all round sort of player and now he's got for times this season the, the sort of before Hastings came and when we were struggling at half back I thought Robert Lewis carrying us really, 
Um, I'm not going to that the lads who played with him. You know, I think Jack Little John struggled a bit, and, and Jake Shorrock struggled as well, which is, you know, not 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 that I'm, I'm, I'm slagging them off at all. But I just think Robert had a lot to do there, and he just needed that that guy to take the pressure off him. And when Jackson Hastings came in, it showed how how how, how good how good Rob Louis was. So yeah, he deserves it. He's a great, he's a smashing lad as well, isn't he? I mean, he's always got a smile on his face, and. Um, I'm del- delighted now that he's finally got his uh, got his partner in Jackson Aces and really excited to seeing them two play next season. But he fully deserves that award this season for me, Rob. Yeah, I think Jolson will handle the carry of the team for a long period of time. Consistency through the season, like Paul said. And a nice bloke as well. Yeah, lovely bloke off the, off the field. Paul kind of hit the nail on the head with his half-back partners. He's not really had a... Uh,
Yeah, it certainly is. I, mean, I always enjoy listening to the uh, the three word match reports <laughs> that you read out. I think some of them can be quite comical at times, but I think um, all the people who contributed this year to to the podcast and everything is it, great, isn't it? That that people listen and, and interact because uh, that's what it's all about, Rob. Isn't it? That, that's what we, what we, why we do it. And uh, no, I've I've enjoyed everything this season. I'm I'm going to miss uh, the podcast. When we, we, is this going to be our final one this for the year? Or? No, I think we'll probably do one. We're going to squeeze one way. It's like it's a long close season though without it. And I really miss it. So uh, I'm sure it'll come around soon enough. Though. Probably wait for the news to build up and then do a block. Wait till we wait till we sign a big international player next week. Yeah, well, I say, well, I say, big thanks uh, to the players, uh, Ian Watson, uh, and you know everyone who's talked to us uh, through through the year. You know, without them, you know, we don't get the the material, and, and that's what it's all about, Park. It's all about you know engaging with the club and hopefully helping them, you know, spread the gospel of Bob Redden. Yeah, and every time I listen, you know, the the players, you guys get to speak to after the game and and what, so they're always very open, aren't they? There's no you know, there's no edge to them. It's certainly, uh, you know, a two-way thing. And, and, and I normally know it. And I think you mentioned Watto there, by the way, and what a job, you know, he's managed to do with us this season. Again, with, with his hands tied most of the time. And, you know, we don't get mentioned on Sky when we've only got 17, well, not even 17 fit players, but we managed to put a team out. You know, uh, if that happens to Leeds, Wigan, anybody else, it's, you know, it's headline news. And he's never he's never really moaned about anything, you know. He doesn't have a pop at anyone, and like you say, when you, when you talk to him, well, an honest and open bloke, and uh, yeah, he's all, I know he's always open to to talking to people, and he's uh, you know I've heard him talk to you guys plenty, and uh, and, and the rest of the lads, and it, it does make for you know a, a great listen. Yeah, and obviously big thanks to people like yourself, Parky and, and Joe, um, and um, Richard as well. Uh, and Ryan for coming on and you know putting your views across. Joe, big thanks for helping us. Yeah, no, of course, thanks for having us. It's been good experience this year. Hopefully, I'll be back next year. And it's been good. It's been nice to learn and speak to fans about the sport and the club. Yeah, another great show, Paul. Really enjoyed this one. Bit of a big one. Yeah, four of us on the mic as well. No, it's great. It's great though, Rob. I love talking to you guys, and just love your your passion and that for for the club. Because uh, no, we all want the same thing, don't we? And, you know, we we could talk about Salford all night and and do a podcast every night of the week for me. I, I love doing it, and uh, oh, it's a pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to next season and, and doing it all over again. And uh, hopefully, we'll we'll get that that Wembley trip next season. I was thinking about it the other day; it'd be 50 years next year, won't it? So that'd be that'd be great, wouldn't it? If we could get there with Jackson Hastings and, and Robert Louis and and stuff Castleford in the final, so that's something I'm dreaming of anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a long off season, Parky. Are you prepared? Uh, I'm going to have to hunker down, I think. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know we've got the internationals uh, coming up and that kind of thing, and hopefully, you know, we'll get around to the friendlies as soon as possible. But yeah, I, I hate the off season. It's it's just dreadful, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, the club will keep releasing little bits of news here and there, the odd signing coming in, which. You know we've got to be we've got to be looking forward to and you know the you know it will be here soon enough. Um, I'm not sure when the kickoff is next year. Whether they're moving it backwards, forwards, or what? That's the RFL and Super League doing whatever they want. But no, it's uh, it's it's going to be a long one. But uh, hopefully, uh, you know we'll have enough to talk about the next the next podcast. And uh, I just want to thank you guys because I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I say it's great to have you on, Packy, when you come on. And also a big thanks to all the listeners as well who, who tune in every week. Uh, and just listen to us talk about us all for a Devils uh, for a week. Without you, 
you know, like the message doesn't go out, all the liking you do and, and sharing of the posts and the, and the pictures on the Facebook and the Twitter, it makes a massive difference to the reach uh, of both us and, and the club. And, you know, you know, big pat on the back for us uh, and big thanks for tuning in uh, and talking to us. So, listening to talk, all things for Red Devils. So, that's the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So, thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon.